Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Network Detective Stories, continuing America's love affair with private eyes. We now go back to the early days of radio and our imaginations with our feature presentation. The final episode, Showdown. We did the trip from the embankment to Wimpole Street in silence. Mrs. Frey sat in her corner of the back seat and stared out at the yellow fog swirling by. Now and then I caught a glimpse of her face reflected in the window as we passed through the ghost-like rays of a street lamp. I guessed I knew what was going on in her mind. As she was seeing it now, her fifteen years of hatred had fired a trail of misery and bitterness and stark tragedy. And she was regretting those years. In the other corner sat Heather McMara, subdued, too, but in a different way. Whatever was coming up out of the yellow fog to meet us, Heather was ready for. Well, finally we drew up in front of Dr. Frey's consulting rooms. I glanced at my watch. It was just five o'clock. We got out, and Mrs. Frey opened the door for us. If you'll come in. Thank you. Ah, there's a light in his room. It's locked. Alexander? Alexander, are you there? Alexander! Isn't there another way in? Yes, through the secretary's office. Come on, then. Dr. Alexander Frey was lying on a thick Persian rug, and his eyes were open, open and staring. They were almost clear of their sockets. The room had been worked over by an impatient and not very skillful hand. The floor was littered with papers and green cardboard folders. Someone had been at the doctor's case histories. We stood looking at this violent picture of still life for a long moment. He's dead. Heather, take her away. Find somewhere for her to lie down. Come along, Mrs. Frey. Odell will cope. No. No, I must stay with you. What good can it do? Come along with me. Go with her, Mrs. Frey. All right. I went across to him. As I got closer, I saw his lips were parted, and I got a glimpse of his tongue. It was swollen and twisted. There were two livid bruises on his throat, one on either side of the windpipe. I stood looking down at him, and then I saw a slight spasm pass across his twisted face. I quickly felt for his pulse. I, I thought I detected a slight movement, but I couldn't be sure. I tore off my jacket and flung it down, and then the door opened. 
She's lying down in the waiting room. Quick, have you got a mirror? A mirror? Yes, yes, a, a pocket mirror. Hurry. Oh, here you are. What are you doing? Look, you see, there's a slight mist in the mirror. That means there's a little breath in him. We've got to get more. What are we going to do? Artificial respiration. Now get on the telephone, get Inspector Rigby. Tell him to come at once. Okay. And tell him to bring a doctor. W-H-I-1-2-1-2. I worked on Dr. Frey for all I was worth. There was a slight chance of saving his life, but only slight. I gave the artificial respiration all I'd got. It took Heather almost 20 minutes to raise Rigby. When finally she hung up, I was practically all out of energy. Any results yet? No. Are you tired? Oh, yeah. Well, let me have a go. Do you think you can do it? Of course I can. I took a course of first aid. Now then, get, get out of the way. All right, thanks. What about Rigby? <clears throat> On his way. Sounded disagreeable, as usual. Must have woken him up. One, two, three, four. Is it my imagination, or is his colour a little better? Yes, it is. Succinctly better. Now, keep at it, Angel. I'll take over when I've smoked a cigarette. Do you think that's the best way to get your wind back? Go and see Mrs. Frey instead. Oh, yes, better. I'd forgotten about her. One, two... Three, four. One, two, three. It's going to be all right, Mrs. Fred. He wasn't dead. Oh, thank heavens. We got here only just in time. Oh, I owe you a lot, Mr. Hotel, one way and another. What are you going to do when this blows over? If it does blow over? Take your advice. Try to get back to a normal life. With Frey? If you'll have me. It isn't going to be easy to convince him. But I'll make a good wife after all that's happened. You're fond of him, then? Very. I've only just found that out. Well, if he's a good psychologist, he'll understand. I hope so. We'll have to work pretty hard on him. Continuous artificial respiration until the police come. Is there anything I can do? Yes. Um, get blankets and hot water bottles. We'll have to treat for shock when he does come round. Yes, sir. And you might send Jay in. He can take a turn with the pump. Right. We worked in relays for nearly an hour and a half. Dawn crept through the curtains, and I went over and looked out into the steel-gray street. The fog had gone, but it was a tired sort of dawn that had come in its place, as if the day it was ushering in had no heart for the job. We went on with the artificial respiration... Frey's colour improved, but very slowly. Nobody spoke until suddenly Jay, who was giving the respiration, called out. Hey, come here. I think he's trying to say something. Okay, Jay, you can stop now. All right. He's conscious. I think he recognises us. Kitty. Kitty, are you there? Yes, Alexander. I'm here. He's saying something. I, I can't quite catch. Yes. I'm, I'm here too, Doctor Free. Don't, don't let them take Kitty. No, I won't. Uh, 
Can you tell us what happened? A man with a scar over his face. He's passed out again. Shall I start on him again? No. No, he'll be okay now. Here, look. Help me get him onto this couch. and hot water bottles. He must be kept warm. Now, where the blazes is that inspector? Oh, it's an hour and a half since he said he'd come. Shall I ring the yard again? There's a car drawing up now. Let me see. Yes, it's him. Now, look, Mrs. Frey, you've got to get out of here. Why? Rigby's liable to put the arm on you. It isn't going to do your husband any good if he knows you've been pinched, is it? Now, go for his sake. All right. Is there a way out the back? Uh, yes. Then get going. Jay! Out. You go with her. Okay. Oh, I hope she gets away. I like her. So do I. Well, here's the law. Do we answer it? No. Now give Mrs. Frey a couple of minutes to get clear. Oh, what a night. How are you feeling, Angel? Fine, considering everything. You're a pretty good person to have around, you know. Remind me to tell you about it at length when we get a moment. Uh, we're not likely to have any moments for some time. With that about to make an entrance. Uh, okay. They'll be clear of the house now. Let's go and let old Frosty face in. Why is it you two always take so long to answer the door? Well, we like to pretend it's going to be so different when we do. But it never is. Well, Sergeant, what kept you? The inspector ran the car into a traffic island. You, you could have walked here several times over. The inspector cut his head. Haven't you noticed his bandage? We had to stop to get it dressed. Never mind about that. Where's the body? In here, this way. But he isn't dead. No, we revived him. Didn't you bring a doctor? He got a nasty cut in his face. He had to have several stitches. We sent a message for another one to come, but he must have gone astray. Oh dear, what's happening to the Rigby efficiency machine? All right, Odell, we don't want any facetiousness. Tell me what happened. We came in and found him lying on that rug. Who's we? Uh, Heather and I. I see. Go on. Well, at first we thought he was dead, but the strangler missed out this time. Losing his touch, I guess, he hadn't squeezed all the life away. We worked on him until he came around. Did he say anything? Nothing much. Something about a man with a scarf over his face. Then he passed out again. He's all right, though. He's just shocked now. Hmm. How did you two come to be here in the first place? We uh, came by appointment. At five o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. Frey wanted to do a deal with me. A deal? Heather, uh, you tell him. He's all set to disbelieve every word I say. Well, Mrs. Frey followed us from the Paradise Room. She said her husband would tell us who the Strangler is... If Odell agreed to use his influence with you and let her go. Odell's influence with me? Well, he did say that he hadn't got any, but she persuaded us to come just the same. Where's Mrs. Frey now? She uh, left. You know there's a warrant out for her arrest, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you let her go? You once told me you could handle this case without the assistance of amateurs, remember? It was your duty to detain her. That may be so, but she keeps a tame prizefighter. And he sometimes forgets he's tame. I take a most serious view of this, Odell. But, Inspector... Layton, yes, take Inspector. Odell and Miss McMara to the yard. Now? Now. 
You can use Mrs. Frey's car. I see it's still outside the house. All right. Well, what am I to do with them when I get them there? Charge them formally with withholding information vital to the apprehension of a suspected murderer. Oh, I'm sure that's wrong. You, you can't word a charge like that. Do as I say. Look, I'm withholding nothing. I'll tell you if you'll only listen. Leighton, put the handcuffs on him if he doesn't go at once. Uh, come on, Mr. Odell. That bump on the head's been too much for him. When you've seen them locked up, Leighton, report back here. Bring someone from fingerprints and a photographer. Send a memo to radio asking for another general call to be put out for Mrs. Frey. Do you understand? I understand. Do you want the memo in triplicate, sir? Sergeant? Yes? You've uh, had no breakfast, have you? No, I haven't. Would you like some? <laughs> yes, I would. What's the catch? There's no catch. It's an attractive proposition. You can have breakfast with Heather. In a detention room at Scotland Yard? No, a little cafe in German Street, right round the corner from Ryder Street. What's so attractive about that? No, I mean the cafe, not Miss McMurray's company. Well, it happens to be close to Milton House. I want to spend ten minutes in Milton House, alone. I see. Will you do it? All right. I'm retiring next week. Why shouldn't I do a friend a favor? Oh, good morning, Mr. Odell. We weren't expecting you until half past. I'm in a hurry, Parkin. Do you think I could see Mr. Hampton right away? I think so, sir. He's having breakfast. Come in. Thank you. If you wait here, I will ask him. Thank you. Mr. Hampton will see you, Mr. Odell. Thank you. Come in, Mr. Odell. Didn't expect you so early. Sit down. Would you like a cup of coffee? Oh, that's kind of you. All right, Parkin. Thank you. Ah, black or white, Mr. Odell? Black, please. Hmm. Thick night, eh? A uh, sticky night. Thank you. Hmm. Good coffee. You got my note, then? Yes. I've been uh, wondering why you wrote it. I want you to do another job for me. Didn't you read it? What's the job? I'll let that wait for a minute. Drink your coffee in peace. Um, have a cigarette? Oh, thank you. It's all right. I, I've got, a, got my lighter. Look, uh, could we get some action into this? I have someone waiting for me. Oh, well, I won't keep you long. You know I've been going to Dr. Frey for treatment, don't you? You've been having a psychoanalysis, haven't you? Yes. I told him a great many things. Things I wouldn't wish to be made public. Things like the truth about what happened to George Maybrick, for instance? Quite. Kitty Stapleton got at Frey's notes on my case and blackmailed me, and I don't want that to happen again. Do you understand? And you want me to get Frey's notes, is that it? Precisely. I'll pay well. Why don't you go to Dr. Frey direct? Because I think he was in the blackmail, too. Oh, I see. Well, will you take on the job? Look, what did you get me up here for? 
What's behind it? I've told you I want Dr. Frey's notes. No, you don't. You've already got them. What are you talking about? You took them from Frey's office last night, right after you tried to squeeze the life out of him. Ah, now I know you're talking nonsense. Okay, I'm talking nonsense. Let's go right back to the beginning, then, shall we? Back to the night George Maybrick died 15 years ago. Martin Sarabi found him alone with Kitty Stapleton. There was a fight. Maybrick cracked his head against the fender and passed out. Kitty had rushed out to get help, then Sarabi, thinking he'd killed Maybrick, beat it too. Sarabi had killed Maybrick. There was no thinking about it. I'm a bit uncertain over the next bit. You appeared on the scene. Now, did Kitty fetch you, or did you come alone? I came alone. I happened to be passing and saw the door was open. Maybrick's cottage was a my estate, you know. I went in and saw him lying there. Then Kitty came back, and you told her Maybrick was dead. He was dead. How did you get her to keep her mouth shut? Nothing about a fight came out at the inquest. Kitty wasn't called as a witness, even. She skipped town that same day. Why? I persuaded her it was in her best interest. Oh, how'd you do that? Kitty came of a very poor family. She'd known the most grinding poverty. But she had looks and ambition. And helped by Sorabe, she pulled herself out of it. She didn't want to be kicked back into it, so she took my advice and kept her mouth shut. I don't quite figure your angle. What did you hope to get out of it? Kitty was very, very beautiful in those days. And you hoped to collect a reward for helping her to escape exposure? Why not? You're a pretty average sort of rat, aren't you, Hemd? Oh, come. We're both men of the world, aren't we? Yes, but not that kind of world. At least I'm not. Really? So after she'd gone, you took Maybrick to one of your stables and arranged it to look as if he'd hanged himself. That's right. It's a well-thought-out story, Hampton, but there's one flaw in it. Oh? What's that? If you didn't kill Maybrick, then why were you so scared when the blackmail started? According to your story, Sorabi killed Maybrick. He'd have to take the rap if the truth came out. You were sitting relatively pretty. Was I? After changing murder into suicide? Well, you knew that Kitty had found out that Maybrick wasn't dead when she left you with him that night. She got that from Dr. Frey's notes. Well, that's absurd. What had I to gain by murdering Maybrick? You'd pulled some racing swindle to get yourself out of the red. Maybrick knew about it, and you were afraid he might talk. So when you came in and found him lying there unconscious, it was your big chance. You played very skillfully on Kitty's fears and shut her mouth, and then you dealt with Maybrick. Can you prove this? I don't know. But then I don't have to. I'm not working for the cops. I'm working for you, remember? Then why are you going into all this? Oh, I, I function better when I know everything. What else do you want to know? Nothing. I know it all now. Well, uh, I'll be seeing you. Thanks for the coffee. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Scotland Yard. Oh, no, you don't. Come back, Adele. Oh. So we play it with guns now, do we? We do. Sit down again. Okay. What's the matter with your fingers? My fingers? Well, there's something on them. Something that'll put you around the neck. No! Give me that gun. Don't be a fool, Hampton. You've had it now. Sit down. Where are you going? 
I'm going to the window to signal to my good friend, Sergeant Layton of the CID. He's seen me. He won't be long. Got anything to say, Mr. Hampton? You won't get away with this, you know. You can prove nothing. I told you it's the cop's job to get proof. It's up to them to prove that you killed Ricky McMara because you thought he alone was responsible for the blackmail. Then they'll have to prove that you knocked his girlfriend off because you thought she was carrying on where he had left off. That's their job. The only thing I can do is to prove you killed Martin Sorrowby. Why should I want to kill him? Well, with McMara and Marilyn Peters out of the way, the blackmail still went on. You were desperate. Who could it be? And then you thought of Sorrowby. You found out from Frey that he, too, was having a psychoanalysis. Obviously, he had opened his mouth. Or that's the way you saw it. So you shut him up, having first tried to throw suspicion on me by making him write that check. You say you can prove this. How? Remember when you came to the Paradise Room last night? Well? You came because you've been scared of me for some time now. Like Inspector Rigby, you were beginning to get the idea that I was responsible for the blackmail. So you kept tabs on me. But in talking to me, you made one very bad move. What was that? You told me Martin Sorrowby was dead. Well, so he was. Yes, but only six people knew. Rigby, for some reason best known to himself, ensured that nobody else could know. And yet you knew. How? Obviously because you had killed him yourself. You don't. Oh, no, no, you don't. Stay where you are, Mr. Hampton. It would give me quite a lot of pleasure to put a bullet in your hide. Sergeant Layton and Miss McMara to see you, sir. Oh, come in, Sergeant. Better put some handcuffs on him. You can prove none of this, Odell. Not a thing. Come on, Mr. Hampton. We're in a hurry. See you later, Mr. Odell. Right. We'll follow you down, Sergeant. Well, there you are, Angel. The man who killed your brother. How did you find out, Philip? <laughs> Poor sucker just came and told me. How can I ever thank you? Well, uh, you remember you said we'd have a really good night out when I'd found the person who killed Ricky? I remember. Well, how's about it? We're still dressed for the part after our unsuccessful try last night. But it's only nine o'clock in the morning. We can't start making whoopee at this hour. Why not? Well, it, it doesn't seem decent. Oh, dear, you've got all the traces of conventionality there, Angel. I'll have to remove that. Parkin! Yes, sir? Uh, do you think we could have some of Mr. Hampton's best brandy? Well, yes, sir, I suppose you could. Were you wanting to celebrate something, sir? Yes, uh, Mr. Hampton's arrest for murder. For murder? Indeed, sir. Aren't you surprised, Parkin? It isn't my place to be surprised, sir. Do you mean to say you never knew anything about the murders? No, madam. It was none of my business what Mr. Hampton did with his spare time. Will there be anything else, sir? No, Parkin. Uh, just the brandy. Well, that's more or less the end of the story. Heather and I drank a bumper of the Hampton brandy, and then, feeling a trace high, we went down to the yard. In triumph, I couldn't help feeling. Inspector Rigby accepted Christopher Hampton as the man he had been looking for with some reluctance. 
I think he hated to part up with the idea that I was the guy with the strangling fingers. Hmm. Nice character. Anyway, he finally accepted it and then went to work on Hampton. Now, looking back over this story, I can see that maybe Rigby didn't come out of it with any great credit. But then you've got to remember that he was working under a great disadvantage. He couldn't work underground as I had done. This had been a complex case from the start to finish with plenty of hidden and conflicting motives. And to get at it, you had to go underground. And Rigby couldn't do that by virtue of his position. I was in a position to move faster and move farther, that's all. I had all the brakes. He hadn't. But when he got at Hampton, he really showed his quality. The way he took Mr. Christopher Hampton apart was really something. At the end of it, Rigby had a case and a sound one. There is, however, an interesting epilogue. The following night, Heather and I were still out celebrating. Exactly what wasn't any too clear by this time. I was in the little bar on Half Moon Street where all this had started, waiting for her, as usual, when up comes the barman. Hello. I'd seen you in Berkeley. No, I've been heavily disguised. Really? Mm -hmm. As a detective. Catch anything? Nothing much. The people you go looking for in a murder case are rarely worth finding. Murder, eh? Three murders. Blimey. Evening, Belle. Oh, good evening, Rousey. The usual? If you please. I'm waiting for someone. Uh, I beg your pardon? I said I'm waiting for someone. A gentleman. Oh, how nice. I just mentioned it in case you got ideas, see? Here you are, Rosie. Pink gin. Skin off your nose. Skin off yours. I'm going out with Cy tonight, Bill. Oh, you're in for a lively time, then. Oh, you're telling me. Never a dull moment with Cy. Best fellow on a party I ever knew. Generous, too. And warm-blooded. I could tell you a thing or two about that, Bill. Yes, dear, but not now. Cy's just come in. Rosie, darling, how are you? Hmm... <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. I couldn't get away from that cold-blooded commissioner. I've just this minute got here, Si. Oh. oh. Hello, Adele. Hello, Si. Uh, I, I didn't expect to see you here. I didn't expect to see you either. Been hearing about what you get up to when you're off duty. You're quite the surprise packet, aren't you, Si? Uh, well, we've, um, we've got to run along. Come on, Rosie. I've got a nice surprise all planned. Oh, goody, goody. Bye, Bill. Goodbye. <laughs> Man is a bit of at us, to. Philip. Hello, Heather. I'm seeing things. Are you, Angel? I've just passed someone who looks like Inspector Rigby with the fluffy little blonde. It was Inspector Rigby, Angel. <laughs> what? Oh, he's human, after all. <laughs> human? Oh, I could tell you a thing or two about Simon Rigby, miss. Pranks? Oh, what a boy. Oh, give me a dry martini, quick. <laughs> Mind if I put the radio on? <laughs> Please do. This is coming from the Paradise Room. Best band in London. Hmm. Seem to have heard of that place. Perhaps we should uh, pay a return visit sometime. Hmm? Oh? When did you say you were going to Ireland? Oh, gosh, I'd forgotten all about that. Nothing like a few murders to take your mind off things. I haven't thanked you properly for helping me, Philip. Let me kiss the top of your ear. Hmm. 
When did you say you were going back to Ireland? What's that uh, perfume you're using, Angel? <laughs> that was Showdown, the eighth and final episode of Lady in a Fog, a serial by Lester Powell, with Robert Beatty as Philip O'Dell and Sheila Manahan as Heather McMara. Kitty Stapleton was played by Mary Wimbush, Christopher Hampton by James Thomason, Inspector Rigby by Edward Jewsbury, and Sergeant Layton by Geoffrey Siegel. The serial was produced for the BBC by Martin C. Webster. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.